Welcome to the HVAC Financial Freedom Podcast, a show where we talk about HVAC business ownership and financial freedom by sharing stories and advice of experts who can help you get there. Now your host, John Victoria. Hello and welcome to the HVAC Financial Freedom Podcast. We are coming at you with another episode. And today, the episode will be with Mr. Bobby Gerentano, aka Bobby G to the world. And today we are talking about overpaying for workers' compensation. We all know this is something that's necessary to protect our team and to protect the company. But the thing that you might not realize is that you might be overpaying. And there is potentially tens of thousands of dollars waiting for you that you just didn't know that you had. And so I'm excited today because we are talking with Bobby G, who's going to cover the basics of what that is and how you can recover that money and um, what is the process of being able to get this money back. And this is up to a 75% recovery rate is what I was very surprised about when, when I, sp- I spoke to Bobby. But with that, um, yeah, let's welcome Bobby to the show. Bobby, how are you? I'm doing good, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to it, man. It should be a lot of fun. I'm super excited for today. So um, I think just to kick things off, you know, I think people want to learn more about you. Um, you know, you're reigning in from Staten Island, I believe. And um, and I, you know, I think that there's, you know, a lot that we can cover from your story. But, you know, maybe let's just start off, you know, with with you as a kid, like you started off wanting to do professional hockey. And could you just talk a little bit about that and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, as a kid, uh, you know, the parents always said that I was easy baby to watch because they would just throw me in front of a television. My little head would spin back and forth watching the puck. So it was uh, it was very, very easy uh, to watch me as a kid. But uh, no, even growing older, I always wanted to be a professional hockey player. But uh, I did lack a very key ingredient uh, to becoming that, which was talent. Um, I could have worked my butt off. It wouldn't have made a difference because I just didn't didn't have the talent to uh, compete with the uh, the better folks out there. So, uh, but I always loved it, and I always I always had a knack for business too. It was always uh, as a kid, uh, whether it's selling baseball cards or uh, doing car washes or something. I always wanted to kind of get involved in business in some aspect. So as uh, as the years went on, I eventually. Uh, you know, graduated high school and uh, like most kids had no clue what I wanted to do for a living. Uh, so I did not go to college against my parents' wishes. Sorry, mom. Uh, she was very upset about the time. So was my dad. But eventually they got over it. Uh, I just had no clue what I wanted to do. So I was like, why do that? So I said, you know what? I'm pretty good with people and I, I like to bust my butt. So I went into sales, which um, kind of tailed right into business. And I, uh, I started off as an, uh, uh, an assistant manager, well, not assistant manager, a sales associate working up to assistant manager at a sneaker store. Uh, eventually left there, went into a, a sales job, which led me to my uh, my career of almost 20 years uh, in the copier business. I worked for an awesome company for a long, long, long time, which kind of really got me uh, cemented in the corporate world as far as sales uh, and just kind of business to business relationships and uh, helping customers, customer service and pretty much all that and above. And then uh, I finally came to time when I wanted to do my own thing. So I, uh, I teamed up with my buddy and we started a company, uh, Recovery Guardian. And, uh, and now we're finding uh, companies money by uh, reviewing their workers' comp. Wow, that's that's incredible. And there's so many, you know, I, I know you just broadly glazed over, but there's so many things that you had to go through in order to get to where you are today. Um, and I guess, you know, one thing I wanted to to tease apart first was, you know, you're 20 years in the printer and copier business, but then you transitioned into what you're you're currently in now. And when we were talking before, I remember you mentioning that your current business partner, he tried to bring you in, you know, I think it was like five years ago. And, and you were, you were hesitant to leap in. 
And so could you talk to me about like that experience of, you know, when he first mentioned it to you, then, you know, making that leap, right? There's, there's something that must've happened, whether that's an environment or internally that made you make that leap. And I'd love to tease that apart a bit. Yeah, sure. So he's been a buddy of mine for a while and uh, pretty much accurate the last five years or so. He's kind of breaking my chops to uh, you know, kind of get me to join forces with him and start a company together and kind of focus on the workers comp uh, audits for companies. And uh, at first I had no idea what it was. I'd never heard of it. it made no sense to me. And then finally, uh, it was actually just before COVID. We, uh, we had sat down. And I started asking him a lot more questions about it because I was really curious. Um, and I, I was looking to make a change. I mean, I, I love the company I worked for, I really did, but the industry is very challenging. And that's so much the challenging part was that it's just a uh, very customer service intensive. So I found myself doing a lot more uh, admin stuff and less selling and business development. So my uh, my income was slowly going up, but you know, cause I take care of the clients and I take a lot of pride in that. So, but I uh, didn't have the right systems and tools in place to really help the salespeople uh, go out and sell more. So I had to spend a lot of time servicing my clients and doing other, other stuff that was just uh, admin related. So. Uh, uh, so maybe my buddy started talking. I started asking more questions, and uh, every question I asked, he kept giving me more and more information that kept piquing my interest. And um, at first, when he told me that 75% of companies were overpaying, I said, I don't believe you. And I uh, said, no, I'm dead serious. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I said, well, I'm going to do my research and find out. And, and sure enough, I did my research, and it, it was it dead accurate. Uh, it's actually crazy just how many companies are overpaying and the high percentage of it. So, um, yeah, so, we, uh, so then uh, fast forward a little bit. We got a little more serious about it. And I just kept doing more and more research, and I learned that a lot of um, a lot of the competitors out there are kind of asleep at the wheel. Uh, they don't have sales teams, they don't have outreach, they're not doing the things we do to kind of make this service out there in the open. Uh, and companies should absolutely take advantage of it. It's a no cost service, a no risk service, and the worst scenario is nothing. Is we don't find your money. That's really it. Uh, the client's investment is maybe an hour or so the entire time, the entire process. So it's very minimal effort on their end. And there could be a, a huge substantial return in addition to savings going forward. So all those things is a positive. Um, after I kind of did my research and realized there is a huge market for this because I wasn't sure how big of a market it was because it is a, a very niche type of service. Once I learned that there really is a large market for it and that very few people even knew it existed or knew they can go about getting these refunds, I said to him, I said, hey, man, let's do it. Um, I said, let's we shook hands. And I said, let's do it. Let's make it happen. And um, kind of started the business and you know, kind of did it uh, literally my, my nights and weekends because I had the full time position still in my job. Uh, so I couldn't really do too much in the daytime. Actually, I really couldn't do anything at all in the daytime. Uh, so I pretty much had to do my free time. And then um, I just kind of saw a few things happening that kind of got me excited. And I saw momentum building up, uh, just me literally putting in a handful of hours a week. And that's when I kind of said to myself that, uh, you know, I think I told you this when we had spoken the first time. It was kind of like Tony Robbins says, you know, if you want to take the island, burn the boats. So I was like, there's no way I could do both. Uh, and there's no way I can just do one. So it was just kind of like I had to like, I had to kind of make it a, make it a thing. And I uh, thought about it, gave a lot of thought. And I said, you know what? It's time for a change. It's time for me to go out my own and uh, risk aside, fear aside, and just do it. And, uh, and I did. And my last day full time uh, was, was me first. And now I've been on my own since. So it was scary. That's for sure. It was definitely scary and uh, some sleepless nights. But I encourage anyone that you have a dream or you have something, uh, don't fear. Take the chance. Go for it. But go for it 100 percent. And there's a, there's a few things that you said that that I notice are, you know, common threads that other folks as well, like when they're first making that leap what you chose to do was not just go completely into it, right? You know, first you were understanding what the opportunity was. And then after that, you you spent part-time, like you didn't go full-time into it. You know, I'm sure you have different obligations that you have, you know, whether that's living expenses or familial or things like that. And 
and it, it sounds like at a certain point there was there was like a pivot point where the opportunity of what was possible was greater than what you had currently. And I think that's the point that a lot of people um, want to get to where it's like they, they call it like the golden handcuffs, right? You know, you're at a corporate job or you're, you're cushy, you got all the benefits, you're being paid really well. And it's like, am I going to give up this for something that is a high degree of risk? And that's a very scary thing. And for you, it sounds like you, you had to go through this research process for you to be comfortable with with making that leap. And even, I mean, even now I imagine still like, I mean, for me to this day, like starting the, starting the business, there's still like these fears, these, these gnawing things that are like, Oh, you know what? I, I don't, I don't know. It's, but there's this, there's just something in the background that we are always having to, to battle against. And so if you were to coach someone um, like how do like getting over that, like what other things might you tell them to help resolve some of those fears and, you know, stay true to the course, right. You know, burn the boats behind them and continue yeah. to. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point, man. And, and you're right. I mean, listen, it, it's scary. I you know, go from making a significant, you know, six figure income to literally when I started with the company full time, uh, we were making zero revenue, not a dollar. So I go from making a bunch of money to nothing. Uh, so it wasn't that I was leaving because we were making so much money on the other side. I was like, all right, we're making tons of money now. It's surpassing the income I have. I took the leap and uh, leap of faith and believed in myself. Uh, I know what I was capable of. I know my skills. So, I mean, listen, for those people that are out there that want to make that leap and that take that risk, you have to know what's in it for you. You have to know that you're capable of doing it. That if you put the energy in and enthusiasm and, and the work in, because that's the biggest part of the work. Um, people don't realize everybody wants to, wants to be in great shape. Everyone make, wants to make tons of money, but you gotta understand, you gotta go to the gym. You gotta eat healthy. You gotta put the time in. You guys to commit to the activity day in, day out, do the redundant tasks that are boring. And just know that if you keep staying committed to positive activity, that down the line, good things will come. So, uh, I do compare a lot of, a lot of business to fitness because it's, you know, you can go to the gym three, four days in a row. You'll see nothing. You'll see no results. And you're like, man, am I, am I doing this? Right, should I be doing this? I stick with it, you know, like, what's, I don't know, am I ever going to get to shape? The thing is, it's just, the time goes so quick. I mean, look at that. We're almost at three years since, you know, COVID uh, became a reality. So that's you know, almost three years ago already. So time just goes so quickly. So it's just a matter of, um, you know, having confidence in yourself, believing in yourself, and just know that there's going to be a lot of down. There's going to be a lot of days you doubt yourself, a lot of failures, uh, a lot of dragging through the mud. Uh, it's just one of those things. It's part, of, it's part of the process, and you have to stay committed to yourself, stay committed to the effort, and, uh, and just be laser-focused. If you can do all those things, anything is possible. Just like my pop used to say, and, you know, it's on my email signature when I email from my phone. He's always telling me, he goes, you can do anything you want in life as long as you put your heart and your mind behind it. Uh, and I, I do believe that to this day, and I still tell folks the same thing. You just have to want it bad enough. That's it. Love that. Yeah, it's it's that passion, that burning desire to just make it happen. Because um, yeah, there's there's gonna be cold days, like you know things aren't going the way that you expected, and um, you know doubts of wanting to quit. But you know, remember why you started. Um, I think that's um, good advice that I was given in the past, and. And also one thing you, you mentioned uh, in our previous call as well was just making sure to have enough savings in place, right? You know, you know, having, having some runway so that if, if revenue doesn't come in, like you are protected and you're covering your obligations. Um, and you know, that's, you know, the, the podcast being around financial freedom, a, an important key step is always to have that emergency fund in place. So you can take risks like this if you haven't fully made the jump into uh, running yeah. your own business just yet. 
No, I totally agree. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they expect to be in business and it's going to, oh, we're going to make tons of money right away. It's going to be great. I'm like, no, that's not the case. Uh, it's going to take you about 18 to 24 months just to figure out what the hell you're actually doing. Um, and then you might be able to make some money in between that, of course, you know, obviously to make some money in between, but uh, you do want to uh, always, always focus on what's the worst case scenario. This way you're prepared for it. Um, because if you think that you're going to come out of the gate and start making tons of money and things are going to go great and everything is planned and all these clients and work with us and everything is just awesome and amazing. And then the one day, you have three or four or five people cancel on you or say they're not going to move forward with you or they're not going to do this or this is going to happen or whatever the case may be. Um, you just have to understand that there's going to be a lot of time that, you know, you know, be frustrated and, and mad. But uh, honestly, you have to just uh, just hang on tight and, and just make sure you can uh, you can get through the storm, because uh, in the end, uh, there will be light at the end of the tunnel if you're willing to uh, put, in, put in the time and the effort. Amen to that. Amen to that. I love that. So so I guess transitioning now to Recovery Guardian. I mean, I was just so impressed by a number of the case studies that I'd seen about your company. So I'm going to read a few of them. Um, you know, the first one, this was for a president of a construction company. And it sounded like, you know, they, they had a broker and safety group that annually audits their books. And they thought that they wouldn't find anything or you wouldn't find anything. And then you guys recovered 42K in overpayments. Um, another one was an owner of a sheet metal fabricator company. You know, they said they didn't even know that you could audit these policies. And they, they it was almost like it was a scam. They're like, oh, yeah, this sounds too good to be true. <laughs> and then you recovered 65K. That's what um, I can never forget. It was pretty funny. <laughs> and then another one, uh, you know, owner of a moving company. They said that, oh, you're wasting your time. We've already, you've already, we've already done this with another competitor. And still, you recovered 20K. Um, so I guess before we hop into everything that you do, like, it sounds like there's misconceptions that business owners have around this. Could you speak to some of those things? And oh, yeah, for sure. And that's probably a bigger struggle, just getting the message out there that, hey, just give us a shot because in the end, there's nothing you can lose. Um, and yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, a lot of folks tend to think that they're all set. They have us taken care of, that kind of stuff. But I mean, there's a reason why we find money for companies three out of four times. I try to stress that. I'm like, there's a, there's a good reason why we find money because we have experts uh, that have been doing this over 30 years. And this is all they do day in, day out. Uh, and like my partner Rob always says, the devil is in the details. Um, you really have to dive deep and spend the real amount of time looking through all these things to try to find these mistakes. And sometimes it's just, it can be easily overlooked because it's a, it's a mundane detail that uh, is one decimal point or one number or one factor that makes a huge difference in a recovery. So uh, I think that's the biggest misconception is that people just think they don't need our services because they're taken care of. And we, you know, listen, we are, we're super supportive of brokers and agents. Uh, we are not anti brokers and agents by any means. A lot of them do an incredible job. It's just that their job is to sell and to produce. They also do multiple lines of insurance. And so uh, though they might be really well versed in workers comp, they're not quite the experts our team is. Uh, our team, like I said, does these audits day in, day out, all day, every day, and they've done thousands of them. So um, this is all they do. So they're experts at it. Um, so you think that people just giving us a chance and saying, hey, listen, you know what? What's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing. So why not? And the best thing that can happen is they get a whole bunch of money back and then lower their premiums going forward. So there's just a lot for them to gain and virtually zero for them to lose. Uh, yeah. So those are the things that uh, some of the things that are misconceptions, just that, um, you know, that people are just fearful of the unknown, I guess, because it's kind of a thing that they've never heard of sometimes or sometimes they think they're all set. And I'm like, just give us a shot. I'm like, let us prove you're wrong. I'm like, because if we prove you're wrong, there's a check coming. 
you know, and mm-hmm. saving. So it is not a bad thing if we prove you're wrong. It's not a I told you so kind of a thing. It's, hey, listen, don't let those carriers keep your money because if you don't go after it, they're not going to call you and say, hey, John, you know, we happen to made a mistake here. We're going to uh, send you a check for 30 grand. That, that call is never going to happen. So <laughs> uh, it's give us a shot. We don't charge a dime. We're fun to work with. We work with your broker and agent. Like I said, we're not undermining anyone. At the end of the day, uh, we're just trying to take the money back from the carriers and put it back in your pocket. And believe it or not, most of the errors and mistakes we find come from the carrier. Uh, so mm. that's something you kind of have to look deep into. Otherwise, on the surface, you won't see that. I see. So it's not even something that the business owner did. It's it's something that the carrier who is providing the workers comp like there's like could it be mathematical mistakes. It could just be, yep. you know, something was missing here or there. And then because of that, it leads to this loss in, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And it's 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 not even like it was intentional. I imagine it's just like it's just, you know, there's just so it's many. Details. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many people that get involved when it comes to workers comp. Uh, I mean, between the, the states and the, and the carriers and the actuaries and all the ratings bureaus, and there's just so many people that get involved in it that it's just it's near impossible for it to be a mistake. Uh, and like I always say to folks, they should change it from workers' compensation to workers' complicated because it really is just a super complicated insurance. The average person, uh, even a well-versed average person, I mean, we tell them stuff. We learn, they learn stuff from us all the time that they didn't know that they swore that you know they knew everything. So uh, it's just one of those things that's just a very very tough. Um, tough thing to manage for a company. And, you know, if we can go ahead and uh, put some money back in your pocket then, uh, and just, you know, and uh, correct some mistakes going forward and give you some knowledge, I mean, there's just tons to gain there. Got it. And is this something like in terms of like, uh, well, I guess I have two questions. The first one is, so when we do the recovery, how does that money come back? Does it come back in the form of a check or does it come back in the form of, you know, not having to pay, uh, you know, workers comp or like a discount in the future? Like how, how does the money sure. get back to you? Yeah, sure. Either or. So uh, when uh, we present the report and the findings to the uh, the client, the client sends it off to the insurance carrier. They review it. Once they approve our changes, uh, they'll give the they usually give the client an option of getting a check in the mail or a credit towards an upcoming installment. Uh, but either is the same. It's still money back in their bank account that they don't have to spend money on. So uh, and we'll get paid uh, you know, from that uh, once they receive their credit or their check. Uh, so we don't take any money unless uh, the client is paid. So we are basically the last uh, the last step in the process. Got it. Okay. So it's just, I mean, there's optionality for, for your clients. Yep. Um, and then could you also speak to, you know, the size of companies, you know, there's, there's different types of companies that, you know, have reached out to me that, that watch the show, you know, some are family businesses, some are one man shops, you know, some people, you know, they have 10, 20 people, some have more than that. Um, so could you speak to like wh- who this makes sense for? Does it make sense for any company or does it, does it make sense for only a specific demographic of company? Sure. That, that's a real good question. So there are, there are six verticals that we typically target simply because uh, they tend to have the higher risk of other types of companies. So uh, construction and trades, um, manufacturing, uh, transportation, distribution, healthcare, hospitality, and nonprofit. Um, so we actually uh, look for companies that are spending at least 50,000 a year in workers comp. Uh, in the higher risk industries like construction trades, manufacturing, distribution, you're probably looking at companies that have 20 employees or more. Um, nonprofits, healthcare, and hospitality, maybe about 50 or more, give or take. Uh, and it could be, like I said, those aren't, those aren't exact numbers. It just depends. Every situation is unique. That's just a ballpark to give you. So we don't want to um, exclude the smaller companies because it's not, you know, not fair for them to take advantage of something like this. But you know, obviously the, the one or five or 10 person companies just might be too small where there's just not enough meat in the bone for us to do the amount of work that we do. Because whether or not, believe it uh, or not, you know, the size of the policy doesn't make a difference because the amount of work is still exactly mm. the same. So uh, 
for us to review a really small policy to potentially find, you know, a few hundred bucks or a thousand bucks when it's all said and done. And then, you know, of course, after Uncle Sam takes his piece, we're left with like, you know, three or four bucks. So it's like, uh, we don't want to do that because it's not a profitable way of doing business. But we do, uh, we will take calls with companies that might not fit the bill and just give them advice and some guidance, uh, some things they can do that will actually help them keep their costs down and just give them better knowledge. We're, we're more than open to talking to anyone, even if they're not a right fit in terms of size. We'd be more than happy to give any information or any guidance to them. So I uh, hope that helps. And we can do it uh, in any state. Uh, from, you know, there are four monopolistic states. Uh, I'm not getting into that, but basically uh, from coast to coast, we can help companies. Got it. So coast to coast, then sound like the bar for, you know, a company in the trades, you said it was 50 K in workers comp and then 20 employees around 20 employees. You know, it, it really, you know, depending on the company, how much people pay people, yeah. but 50 K in workers comp. Yep. Annual spend. We spend at least 50 K a year. We could definitely work with it. Even if it's a little under 50 K. Uh, we're cool with that. We'll, we'll be glad to help you out. Okay. Got it. That's, that's good to know. Just so people know, like whether it's you know, worth exploring or not, but also like worst case, like they reach out to you and there's really no cost to them. And you'll, you'll tell them like, Hey, okay. here's the, here's the situation. Here's what's going on. It yep. makes sense or it doesn't make sense. Yep, exactly. And so there really is, there's just no downside to it. I mean, the biggest downside is not doing it. It's just not moving forward because you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, why waste that money? Why let that money go to the wayside and let a giant company uh, keep it in your behalf when you can put it back in your pocket and use it for some good stuff. And how long does the process usually take? So let's say that, for example, I met with you today, we talked, you said, hey, John, you're doing, yes, this is perfect for you. You're spending at least 50K, you got 20 employees. Um, and then what what do the next steps look like and what's the overall timeline of getting from today to getting the check in my hand? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, we, we, we love the process to be shorter, but unfortunately, we're dealing with insurance carriers uh, that tends <laughs> yeah. to be a little uh, elongated because they're not exactly in a rush to give back their money. But now we've had cases close uh, as early as six weeks and some that take, you know, um, sometimes six months or even a little further, depending on how detailed it is. But um, like I said, for the most part, the client's involvement is virtually minimal. Um, they most at most have to forward some emails, answer some questions. But uh, the biggest laborious part of the entire process is gathering the policy documents because we look back up to seven years years. So, and there are five sets of documents per policy period that we look at. So that's really where the most of the effort comes in. And we do all that on the client's behalf. Uh, now, if they have the paper candy, great, but we don't want them gathering documents for us because that takes time out of their business. And that's what we're looking for. Uh, we want to do all the work on their behalf. So uh, we just tell them, hey, listen, point us to your broker or whoever has the policies. If you have online access, great. Let us know if we can log in and take it from there. But pretty much from start to finish and go as quick as uh, you know six, eight weeks or it can go up to months. It really varies case by case. Um, depends on the carriers, depends on, you know, just the, uh, the client tubes being, uh, you know, receptive and, uh, and getting back to us in a timely fashion. Sometimes you'll, a client will have to forward an email to someone and they'll forget. And then we remind them <laughs> three weeks later, like, Oh, I forgot to send that email. I'm like, Oh yeah, you forgot. So stuff like that. But, uh, it, it's, I mean, it, it could go fast and slow. It just, every, every case is completely unique, but, um, I would say on, on average, it's usually within 90 days. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's from beginning to end. On average. Okay. Okay. 90 days from start to end. Um, and I guess another question would be, are there specific carriers that you, that you think that, you know, if you have this one, you probably definitely need to get your, your workers yeah. out, or is it just kind of like in general? Just yeah. Like just the general nature of the beast, regardless of the carriers, uh, it doesn't make a difference. And then, and it's just weird. Cause we've actually, you know, when we've presented results sometimes to, uh, you know, the same carrier, we've had one order that would approve changes that were five years old and another order that would approve changes that are up to seven years old, but it's the same insurance company, but two different mm. people. 
So it's just like, it's almost like there's no real um, statute of limitations. It's just, they just go by the wayside and figure it out as they go along. So there really is no, uh, no carrier in particular that's you know worse or better than the others. They're kind of all the same, uh, as you said too, just a very, very tough, complicated process that's held out by admin folks and regular everyday people that aren't, uh, aren't exactly experts. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So no specific one, just, you know, it's just general user error and some issues to, to dig in with that. Um, and, and then I guess my last question around this would be, so you have this done, you look back seven years, is this something that should be done on an annual basis? Or is there a certain amount of time when you want to re-review it again? Because even though you audited one, you got the money back does not mean that it's going to be done right in the future. So how, what does the next steps look like after someone has gotten their, their past seven years audited? No, that's actually a really good question. So we usually wait about three years before we'll go back and review another client. You know, we'll go back and, and review the few years in between from our past audit. Uh, and the reason for that is, you know, businesses can change. They can, you know, like nonprofits can add new programs. Um, companies can work in other states. They can offer different services that might change some of the way they do business. So we always recommend every every few years to let us look at it and just see if anything has changed that maybe, um, you know, any mistakes may have been made that we can reimburse you for. So, um, yeah, every three years. Is, is definitely worth it once we do the original audit. Uh, it's just good to keep on top of that stuff because uh, your workers' comp can be very, very expensive. Yes. And if you're not kind of keeping on top of it, it can be a real thorn in your side. That's the one thing I learned early on was that people really hate workers' comp insurance. I mean, we've had phone calls with people and they were just straight up angry on the phone call. Not that <laughs> us, of course, but just straight up angry over the increase or how much they had to pay or this and that. So uh, it's definitely a pain point for companies. So if we can alleviate that pain just a little bit, uh, it, it makes our day worthwhile. I love that. Okay. So you do it once and then the next time you'll have to do it is probably three years from now. And then, you know, just continue to reassess it as, as the years go on. Um, and again, like the people, like it sounds for some people, this might sound like an entire process, but you know, they're taking care of most of it. Plus you're getting money back in your pocket, right? You know, it's, it's not, I mean, especially this time of year, it's not, it's almost like a, a mini Christmas bonus. Like, yeah, sure. You sure. I mean, we got back company, you know, one of the customers we got back money for, it was enough money. The, uh, the owner's like, well, I'm going to get myself a new car. I said, well, I want to ride because it's, you know, the car that we got you, you know, it's, like, <laughs> yeah, right. you know? But, uh, no, it, it's true. I mean, uh, it's, you know, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions too, to bring it back from what you said a few minutes ago is that the clients really think they have to invest a lot of time into what we do. And it's going to be a project and we're too busy. I'm like, listen, if you're too busy, that's great. We're not going to need much of your time at all. I mean, other than answering some questions and like I said, forwarding some information out, you're not going to have to do much. We do all the, all the legwork. Uh, so don't think for a minute it's going to be a project and something that's going to be very time consuming because we always tell the client, if you start doing stuff, stop call us because you're doing way too much, you know, unless it's, you know, a specific task we gave you. If you're doing any more than what we asked you to do, like forward or, or answer a question, like, don't do it. I'm like, call us, we'll do it. You know? So, um, I agree. I love that, man. I need you on my team. Damn. <laughs> I got, I got it, Johnny. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, we take pride in that, man. And that's, that's a big part of it, too, is because everybody's busy. Everyone has to run a company. And this is, you know, and they're getting called for a million salespeople for a million types of products and services. So uh, we understand that they only have limited time. So uh, if, you know, we can take a very, 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 very small chunk of that time and potentially put thousands of thousands, thousands of dollars in the bottom line and lower their costs going forward, it's, it's a win win for all parties. How about Bobby? And um, and I guess before we transition to the next topic, um, I'm curious, like, are there other, like, could you share some stories of some people you worked with recently and uh, maybe some of the recoveries? So I know we mentioned a few earlier um, and I mean, it's, they're pretty large, right? You know, 65K, 42K, 20K. Could you share a few other stories of folks that you might've helped recently? 
Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So uh, there's a, a hotel and, uh, and golf resort. Uh, we haven't even finished theirs yet, and, and uh, we, we found uh, over $70,000 already. Um, so that that's a good one. And um, I mean, just a lot of other folks. Uh, I'm just trying to think of some top of my head. Um, I think there was another construction company that uh, we were able to find about 40-something thousand, and they'd gone through the process uh, a few years ago with another competitor. Uh, and that's one of the things, too, we find is that a lot of our competitors only look at a few categories. Uh, depending on the state and the actual industry, we can look up to 12 areas for mistakes. So uh, even if a client or a customer, or I should say a company, has worked with a competitor of ours, we'll still take a look because we have actually a, a 50% chance of finding the money after they've worked with a competitor. Uh, so wow. there's not a little bit, but that just goes to show that not only do we have the best team in the business, but um, they really know their stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think of another good one for you. Oh, a nonprofit, actually. Um, they actually had a smaller policy and we were able to recoup about 50% of their annual premium uh, wow. based on some changes from COVID because uh, they didn't realize that there were certain things, certain job descriptions and certain things changed because of COVID. And we went in there and we were able to find them uh, a whole bunch of money that came in results. So something bad turned into something a little bit good for them, at least. So um, wow. stuff like that. I mean, nonprofits are excellent, construction trades. Um, those are probably two of our top industries. Love that. And and just as a strategy thing too, I just thought of this. It's like you're going to recover potentially 20 to 30 to 40, 50 K or more. And, you know, possibly what you could do is if you just reinvested that back into your growth, it's like free, a free way to fuel your growth, right? If you invested that into, you know, a new website, a rebrand or SEO or something like that, it's, it's like you were given free money. Now that you've even given free money to just grow. Yeah, um, or buy a new car, like the one customer. Or, yeah, or buy a new car, right? You know, or buy a new car. well, congratulations, you know. But no, you're 100% right. It gives them the ability to take that money and, you know, and to use it to help grow their business. And that's really the uh, the exciting part of what we do is when we get to make that make that phone call, send that email and say, hey, I got great news for you. We're able to find you a whole bunch of money. Um, you know, so it, it really is. It's very, very rewarding. And the majority of companies we work with aren't those, you know, monster, you know, uh, half a billion dollar companies. They're, they're the everyday type of family owned businesses that we work with. Uh, so it really is. It's very rewarding. Uh, and, and every one of these folks have a great story of how they got to where they were. So uh, being able to help them and help support uh, then their communities is really special. And I guess just another question popped up around tax implications. So when it comes back, how, and maybe you might not be able to answer this, but I'm just curious if you knew, like, how, how is that categorized? Like, is that categorized as like income? Is that like, you know, because it's refund on, like how, how would that I'm not even sure of, to be honest with you. I know it comes directly from the carrier. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm not an accountant, so I don't want to give any advice. That's, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> out of my wheelhouse, I definitely don't know how to answer that question. I'm not going to be held accountable for it later. But, uh, I'm not sure. It might come in as revenue. Uh, I'm not, like I said, I'm not 100% positive. Um, that's a good question. I should probably uh, ask. I have a bunch of accountant buddies and kind of ask them uh, what their thoughts are on it because I'm curious myself now. Uh, I have absolutely no idea. So uh, I'm going to assume it comes in as income. I, that I have no idea. I don't want to answer that question. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's no worries. Um, and I guess before we move on, like, is there anything else that you want to make sure to, to mention about, um, you know, what you guys are doing? Um, anything else that would be helpful for someone who's thinking about making the leap in terms of, you know, getting this recovery from workers comp? 
Um, listen, I mean, you know, for what we do, I know not because it's my company, but the truth is, is that you should really give us a shot or even if, even if it's another company that's, that's a competitor, give someone a shot because uh, it's a shame to let this money go by the wayside when errors and mistakes are just so high uh, percentage wise. You know, just don't let the carriers keep your money because otherwise they're just going to, you know, they're going to keep it anyway. And uh, and they're quick to tell you, hey, listen, uh, we undercharge you. Here's an invoice for 30, 40 grand. You know what? So it's about time you take it. You take it back to them and take some of their money back. So uh, I just say just just do it. Have you know? Have, hopefully you choose us. But even if it's a, if it's a competitor, you should definitely have somebody, a, a third party company, review this to see if there's money. And uh, and just you know, and then uh, one piece of advice: people taking the leap. You know, we've we talked about this. I told you that I had a moment uh, just over a year ago where I was just kind of laying in bed and uh, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, uh, I'm doing a lot of new things, new business, you know, new life. And I kind of realized uh, at that point, you know, two things that were very important to me and, and why I was never at the top of either of them was because of effort. I'd never mm. given it a hundred percent. And it was at that moment that I decided that everything is going to change, that I will no longer ever, ever um, not give it a hundred percent. So uh, for the people out there that are thinking about making a jump to a, a new business, a new venture, whatever it is, whatever it is in life, it doesn't have to be something that's monetary. It could just be getting in shape, being a better mother, a better teacher, whatever the case is, is that go out and try to be the best, be the best at what you do. Uh, it's not about money. Uh, you know, people are so fixated on money and nice things. Uh, that, that, that really is a very small portion of it. At the end of the day, it's about accomplishments. It's about setting goals and knocking them out of the park. Uh, and the only way to do that is by giving it a hundred percent. Uh, and don't kid yourself and think you're working hard. You really, really, really have to give it your all. Uh, to be successful at absolutely anything, um, you have to give it 100%. And you have to want it bad enough because there's going to be the days that bring you down, that suck, like you were talking about before, uh, where you just feel like, oh, no, is, is it ever going to make it? You know, am I going to make it? Is it going to be what I want it to be? Am I going to hit that vision I wanted to have? Uh, the key is just stick with it, keep busting your butt, and, uh, and be absolutely relentless in achieving that goal. And then when you hit that goal, you set a new one. You know, give yourself life purpose. You know, give yourself something to accomplish every day. Otherwise, it's like you just kind of wake up and just fly by the wind and do your day out and your Monday to Friday and uh, Fridays come. Oh, I can't wait for the weekend. And then Mondays come and you're dragging ass because you hate Mondays. You know, stop living that life. It's terrible. Um, be excited about every single day. So find something that makes you happy. Do something that makes you happy and go at it full steam. That's a good transition and talk about mindset. Um, and, and it sounds like what you're saying and I have a phrase it's, you know, it's like pulling your punches, like not, not actually, you know, punching, you know, like, you know, when you, when you, when you punch, you have to step through it. You got to twist, you got to go all the way. But like, if you're upholding it, that's where you can hurt yourself. Like, because you're not going in all the way. And why, why do you think that happens? Right. You know, there's, you know, some, I can see this in, in myself as well. It's like, I might start off strong, but maybe it dies down later, or maybe you just don't ever get to that place where you feel motivated to give it your hundred percent. Like, is this a, is this a matter of, you know, just some people are that way or they just have this realization in life? Because it sounds like for you, there was this moment when everything almost changed. But it's like you had been doing things before then, but there's just there's just something that made it 100 percent. It made you go from like 70 to maybe 100 percent. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I don't know. I just want to talk more about that because I feel like there's so much in all of us that we have not fully unlocked yet. At our 100 percent. Dead on accurate. I mean, everyone has potential to be great in something. Uh, like I said, it doesn't have necessarily be business. It could be something, but find something you really enjoy and something you really want to do and go out and be the absolute best at it. I mean, go out and work your butt off and and, and forget the fear, forget what people say. It doesn't make a difference. And, uh, you know, and, and listen, motivation is great, but motivation is like a campfire. You know, if, if you don't put logs in the fire, what happens? The campfire goes out, your motivation dies. Just like by the third week of January, all the people that joined the gym stop going. Why? Mm. Just, oh, I'm going to make it. This is my year. I'm going to do it. It's January. I'm going to get in shape this time. And what happens? Uh, they fall off. 
it's really about discipline. Uh, I mean, you know, listen, I started getting up crazy early in the morning to work out. Um, never in my life did I ever get up early like that, ever. And now I get up before the alarm even goes off because I've trained myself that no matter what, I'm getting up regardless of how I feel that day. If I'm tired, just do it. Uh, just do it. You don't want to do something, just do it. When you think about not doing it, just do it. When you're not in the mood to do it, you just do it. If you just do it, all the other things in life will be so much better. It really is. If you put in the hard work, life can be a little bit easier. Um, but if you take the easy way out, life's going to be hard. So, And then find a reason to fight. And you have to have a reason you fight every day, whether it's family, whether it's relatives, even if it's just for yourself. You got to find a reason that wakes you up every morning to get you pumped up. So for me, it's you know, taking care of my mom, uh, you know, and other family members that struggle. You know, I don't have any rich family members. I got no no inheritance coming. Uh, they get all dropped dead. I got no checks coming in the mail. You know, and so mm -hmm. I got no one else looking after me but me. So for me, it was I wanted to make it uh, for them. Uh, you know, I just tell my buddy who's a big hockey fan like myself that I dream about, you know, just calling him one day and just, just going to fly to games or flying to Europe and going to see games and just paying for everything. You know, it's, it's stuff like that that motivates me, taking my mom and taking her on vacation wherever she wants, getting mm -hmm. her whatever she needs, you know. So uh, you have to have a driving force because if you're just doing it just for the money and the fame or the material crap, eventually that's all going to go away. You have to have a real purpose of why you're getting up, why you're busting your butt, why you're doing the things that no one else is going to do um, to be successful at whatever it is you want to be. Man, I'm getting goosebumps. Because um, <laughs> that was a little bit of time, man. It took time, a lot of time, a lot of mindset. I mean, listen, you got to take, you know, the, the mind's the most important thing. It really is. It, it drives everything. Um, so if you don't have the right mindset, if you're going to be complaining or making excuses and believe me, I've made excuses for a good, you know, 40 years of my life, I made excuses. So uh, I decided that no more excuses because excuses get you nowhere. Um, at the end of the day, you just, you just have to do it have to put in the work, stop pointing fingers, stop blaming someone else uh, and just get off your butt and make it happen. Because at the end of the day, only you see yourself in that mirror. Uh, you only mm. know the truth of what you've really done and whether or not you're, you're full of crap or you've been out there busting your butt to make it happen. So um, just go out there and do it, man. And I resonate with what you said. It's like being the first and it's almost like changing your family line. Like for me, that's that's one of those things like you're, you're going to be the first like behind you. Like they've been able to get you to where you are today. But like what if? you like you are the one that changes everything for your family by the efforts that you're you're, you're putting in the businesses that you build and it's like such a it, it's such it's such a incredible thing like thinking about that that's part of what pushes me and it sounds like you know you share something similar where oh, it's yeah. like you want to take care of your family absolutely man it's definitely a driving force i mean uh you know you have to i mean you, you know be that person whether i said to that's not always about money uh it's about and being an example because be, you'll be surprised is that people start watching you and you'd be surprised how you can not only just, you know, get other people excited, but help other people achieve their dreams. I mean, I have a few friends that were working for companies and I straight up told them to their face and said, you're, you're wasting your time doing this. Go do wow. your own thing. And I had a few friends that went out and took my advice. And I didn't know this until years later. I had a friend and we were in tears hugging each other because he said that I was the reason why he started his own company. And I said, what are you talking wow. about? And he told me and the kid's doing great. And he just, he's just you telling me that you being very blunt and being very brutally honest and telling me that he goes, I needed to hear it. And he goes, and I took it seriously and I went out and did it and the kid's successful and, and he's crushing it. So um, it's, you know, not just for yourself, but people watching, you can inspire a lot of people just by, by just by you know, working hard and, and being somebody, like I said, too, and it doesn't have to be about money. Um, I think that's, you know, it's a big, a big crime. What we face today is everyone's so worried about expensive crap um, that they actually focus on. It's not so much about the expensive crap. It's the, it's the, the work to get there and the accomplishment when you do. That's the real rewarding part. 
love that and and you just pouring into other people because that because you're right like you you in a way for those friends that you had like you helped unlock that hundred percent version of themselves like they needed your help to, to like push them like hey you can do this like this is how it is like you aren't living up so go for it and that's amazing <laughs> Like yeah. you, you did that. You helped that. That's yeah. that's incredible. Um, Sometimes you don't realize it when it's going on. You don't. You don't. Even, you I never realize. Smoking cigarettes. You know, every time she would go out to have a cigarette, I would run outside. I would rip it right out of her hands and stomp on it. And I would buy the gum. And I said, every time you smoke a cigarette, I'm ripping out of your hands, out of your mouth. And I was like, I was like her cigarette. Uh, I don't know what you ever call it, but I would, I would just constantly because I didn't want to see her smoke. And then eventually she quit. So and she credited me for helping her quit. So it was just something small like that. It had nothing to do with being successful, but it helped her uh, get over a habit that's a horrible habit. So uh, yeah, just you can inspire people too just by doing the things uh, you know that other people aren't willing to do. Bobby, you're the friend that everyone needs. <laughs> I, <forget. laughs> I love that. So I guess as we're moving to a close, um, we're run up on about forty minutes. But um, before we go, I want to ask you two things. Uh, first would be, you know, top books or motivational speakers you'd recommend to everybody. And then number two, you know, any parting advice for anyone as we transition out? Yeah, I'm not a big reader, so I can't give you many books. <laughs> I, I don't pay attention when I read. You know, so uh, <laughs> I like videos, but no, I, I definitely listen to a lot of motivational folks. So, I mean, uh, Eric Thomas, Les Brown, uh, you know, Tony Robbins, uh, Ed Milet, uh, oh my, uh, um, Steve Harvey is awesome. I mean, there's just so many good people out there that have a lot of great things to say. And all these people uh, have one thing in common. They've come from nothing. Uh, probably less than nothing, probably way worse situations than you and I ever grew up in. So uh, it's just knowing that, listen, every every individual has the ability to be successful. You just have to want it bad enough. And more importantly, you have to put in the effort. Um, you know, and just, I, I hate the word hope. People say, oh, hope, I hope, I hope I'm successful. I hope I do that. Stop hoping. How about you just do it? Because um, you can keep hoping all you want, but hope is not going to get you there. Uh, hope is kind of a part of it. I'm not against hope. It's a, you know, it helps you, but at the end of the day, you got to put the work in and make the sacrifices. So ignore the people, uh, even if it's you know against what they're saying. I mean, when I was leaving my company to start this business, you know, my bosses, who I love dealing to this day, uh, told me I was out of my mind. It was a bad idea. I shouldn't have mm -hmm. done this. And I just had to follow my heart and follow my dreams. And I did it, you know, so it's just um, go out there and make it happen. Each and everybody has their own dreams, their own goals. Um, don't look back on life because that's the most miserable feeling is you're old, you know, on your deathbed saying, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. Do it. If you fail at it, so what? Get up, try something else or do it again. Uh, don't be afraid. I mean, failure comes with all of us. I mean, uh, you know, the most successful people in the world, they fail the most. And I always credit the baseball. You know, guys make 20, 30 million dollars a year failing eight out of 10 times. Uh, so mm. really think about that. You can fail eight out of 10 times and still make 20, 30 million a year. Uh, you know, there's hope for everybody. You can fail. It's okay. Failure is just a learning process, but don't fail the same thing twice. You fail twice. That's your fault. You fail it once. You learn the lesson, fail it twice. That's your fault. So, um, just go out there and make it happen. Put in the effort and, uh, and give it all you got. Got it. And if someone needs to reach out to you, so they're interested in looking to recover, you know, some of those payments, like how would they get in contact? And also maybe your website as well for people to. to yeah, sure. The website is simple recoveryguardian.com. Uh, if you want to reach me directly, um, my, uh, my email is Bobby G B O B B Y the letter G at recoveryguardian.com. Um, you can also get my cell, which I have no problem sharing. It's a three, four, seven, seven, three, nine, one, seven, seven, three. And uh, regardless of where you're located, uh, for any of those industries I had mentioned earlier, it's absolutely worth it to have a conversation uh, because there's a very, very good chance that you're overspending for no reason. And if you don't go after that money, it's going to be gone forever. 
abg thank you so much man people reach out like it's it's fr it's literally free there's only there's only upside <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely especially people in the hvac business i know that's uh that's your line of work so uh those folks too definitely for sure awesome so i think we'll close out for today so thank you everyone for joining us and also as a last thank you to our sponsor pollyanna seo agency for residential hvac contractors um and with that you know, thank you everyone for your time. You know, so glad to have you on. Um, you know, and aside from that, I think we'll catch you on the next one. And yeah, see you later. This is a pleasure, John. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, Bobby. Bye. Thank you for joining us for the HVAC Financial Freedom Podcast. Follow us on StreamYard, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and check out our main website www.hvacfinancialfreedom.com to find out how you can also achieve financial freedom.